is I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all, standing on the promises of God. Page 154, 154, there's a new name written down in glory. Pretty good. Here we go. Say, once I was a sinner. around us and people said I want to take the COVID and uh, take it home with me and share it with family and friends but we're doing well people that are uh, so far everybody's just kind of feeling under the weather and uh, not, not nothing serious do you want to pray for Harry Mills he's the only one I know that I would be concerned about right now so pray for brother Harry but uh, we're going to do this for the next week we're going to invite you to stay home and watch online as many of you are this morning a good crowd this morning even some guests today we're glad to have some folks visiting again you didn't get the memo all right but uh, we're so thankful you're here. Uh, we're going to encourage you. Social distance, and obviously we're doing that well this morning. Uh, wear your mask if you feel comfortable. Uh, please refrain from the handshaking and the fist bumping, and uh, maybe hugging and kissing are off limits today as well, all right? But uh, we're going to sing a couple of Christmas songs because we are almost at the Christmas season, and then we'll open the Word of God together. Uh, I've got a, a pinch hitter today, Brother Clint. You come, and uh, his precious wife, Grace, will play for us. John, uh, he's the one we're going to all blame this on, okay? He, he came down first this week, I think. But uh, let's all stand together. Turn your attention to the screens. Hark the herald angels sing. Let's sing all four verses of this song together this morning. Here we go. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. Let the child proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Glory 
jump right over to our next hymn. It's Oh Come All You Faithful. One of the things about these Christmas songs, they're all written in a higher range, so it's going to stretch your voice this morning. Oh Come All You Faithful.
Amen. I don't know if you enjoyed that, but Clint and I had a wonderful time up here singing a duet together. Take your Bibles, the book of Luke, please. Uh, Luke, this is supposed to be where we introduce our children and our choir for our uh, Christmas program. And uh, they practiced uh, yesterday. They were ready to go. And uh, then we decided out of uh, abundance of caution to postpone that. If the Lord wills, we'll try again for next Sunday. Uh, We may be doing Christmas in January. We don't know. But uh, these kids have worked too hard not to have the program. So we'll get it in. It may be sometime uh, in February. But we'll get the program in. The, The choirs work too hard. Uh, And uh, I'll go ahead and tell you that tonight's service, uh, we are going to have a broadcast from here. Uh, We're not going to close the building, but we're going to certainly encourage you to use discretion. Uh, I'll be preaching from the pulpit at 6 o'clock. In fact, we'll probably just come in, maybe sing one song and write the preaching uh, so that we can broadcast. And uh, you're welcome to come and social distance. You're welcome to come uh, and be a part of that. We're not going to shut it down, but we are going to encourage you to use discretion. And then we're going to do the same thing on Wednesday night, all right? We're going to do the same thing on Wednesday night. Uh, We're going to come in and I'll preach from the pulpit, broadcast for those that are watching online. We have a good number already tuned in. And uh, you're welcome to come and social distance. But again, discretion. Uh, That also means, uh, unfortunately, we're going to reschedule all of this. Literally, we may enjoy our senior Christmas program uh, in January or February, but we're going to push everything back. So Tuesday night, we were supposed to meet. Uh, We're supposed to have the open house at our house, all those things this week. Uh, We're just going to push that back. It's going to be postponed. Uh, We're not canceling. We're postponing until we get through this. Now, let me tell you, uh, in everything, how God just does things, and you look at the negative, you look at the positive. If you're going to get sick, get sick two weeks before Christmas because school is already shutting down. And uh, this is absolutely the best time of the year for our staff to get it and for us to say, you know what, we're going to only miss about two and a half, three days of school, and uh, we're going to shut the school down this week. And uh, you say, well, it affects Christmas. I'd rather affect Christmas than the school schedule, all right? And uh, so we're going to just shut everything down. That'll give us three weeks plus to get everybody through this. And so uh, what we're hoping is that once you get everybody, uh, the mass, uh, I, I think they call it the herd. I don't want to use that term. Some of you might get offended, you know, but that means you're a big one. But uh, uh, the herd immunity. And so uh, we, we appreciate the fact the Lord is good. Even in the negative, there's a tremendous positive. And so Brother Clint has decided to go ahead and shut down three days early so we'll not have testing. The kids are worrying about that because some of them needed those tests to get eligible for sports. But we're going to work all that out. Uh, We'll do all the testing when we get back, and he'll say more about it in the service. But we are going to postpone everything. My mother canceled her Broken Pots meeting. Uh, We've canceled the Women of Ruth, or not canceled again, postponed Women of Ruth, uh, the senior program, bus stop. We're going to push bus stop back, all right? So no bus stop Wednesday night and no master club. So we're just going to push everything back and uh, let everybody get it together and suffer together and rejoice together. Uh, But uh, it is what it is. You say, preacher, you should have done something different. I'm glad you're the pastor. We did the best we could. Okay. Uh, we, we did the best we could. And uh, folks with uh, same, same office, same office, some tested negative, some tested positive. Uh, this is a sneaky smart virus. All right. Uh, you can get it uh, at the table, but you can't get You can get it walking into the restaurant, but not at the table. So, I mean, uh, this virus is brilliant. It targets who it will. Uh, the kids that uh, wore masks got it. The kids that didn't wear masks got it. And so it is what it is. Uh, and uh, just like you say, well, I'm not going to get the virus. Well, don't get the flu or a cold or anything else either. Uh, it is what it is. And I did the best I could. Our men have agonized over these decisions together. And we've tried to navigate 
unnavigatable waters. Jim, what page did we say it's in the pastoral handbook? It ain't in there, all right? So we've done the best we could. And by the way, I'm not sorry that we move forward, amen, uh, because uh, we've tried to do our best. We've seen people saved and baptized and added to the church. Uh, it's just part of this season. So Merry COVID Christmas to you, okay? You say, preacher, 21's got to get better. Don't say that. Nothing's got to happen, okay? But we know this. God's still on the throne, Amen. Somebody said, I said this last Wednesday night or a couple Wednesday nights ago. Uh, somebody said, uh, the world is falling apart. And I said, oh, no, the world is falling in place. But then I read another Adrian Rogers. They're called Adrianisms, by the way. If you ever studied Adrian Rogers, he had tremendous little quips and quotes. Another Adrianism that has just been a help to me. What's this world coming to? And Adrian Rogers answered the question, this world is coming to Jesus one way or the other. Amen. And so we're getting closer and closer and closer by the day. And uh, you know what? To be honest, uh, I'm excited. And I don't know if you noticed, but the property's different from this time last week. All right. Uh, man, what a week here at Community. Uh, they started at 7 a.m. on Monday morning. They started tearing down that house. We got our first noise complaint at 7.01. But the, the Pinellas County uh, law says you can start 7 o'clock. After we got that noise complaint, we said, you know what? We'll be good neighbors. We moved to 8 o'clock, so we didn't start the rest of the week till 8 o'clock. Uh, but they tore that house right down, got the foundation up. And uh, then they came and got the garage on Thursday, Friday. You should have seen all the little school children out there, man. They were having the best time. They, were, they sound like they were at a political rally. Tear it down. Tear it down. Tear it down. And, oh, yeah, and wonderful. Uh, just last week, uh, all of this has happened in the last couple of weeks, moving the playground. And when those guys, they sorted all that material, concrete in one pile, metal in one pile, wiring in one pile, and uh, they got it all done. Uh, so it was just a great, great week for us. And um, this week, uh, there won't be quite as much visibly happening. Uh, they sort the dirt. And they get rid of all of the uh, roots and the stumps and all of that. Uh, and then we have a clay issue. And Brother Ryan Alfiero, Brother Pratt Rampersall can answer this much more uh, detailed than I can. We have a clay issue under our level of topsoil. Uh, we're, gonna, yeah, we had to, we're meeting out in buses. We're meeting on fire pits. We're doing all kinds of stuff uh, to use our space during this time. But uh, they got to clear off the first level, get down to where this clay issue is, and then we rebuild. So it's a removal and then a rebuild. And then they'll start the pad work and uh, the foundation work. Brother uh, Nick, do we have that quick video? of the building. That, that's the funnest part, uh, the uh, fast motion building. I wish that building progr programs took uh, this much time. In reality, it takes a year to build it. It takes less than two hours to tear it all down. It was amazing. Uh, that house went down pretty quickly. Do we have that? Can you show that? Th this is fun to watch. This is, this is, how, this is how quickly things happen. Uh, now, that's not in real time, obviously, you know. But that, that's all concrete under there. But every time they'd hit that, those kids would start. These, there's kids everywhere around here. You can't see them. But every time they'd hit that, the kids just scream and holler. And <coughs> two or three ran out and jumped on the track. No, I'm just kidding. They did. Uh, but uh, it, was, it was quick work of it once they got moving. Now, the guy that operates the uh, excavator in the background, not the guy in the foreground, his name is Speedy. Speedy. Now, you know that sometimes they give you nicknames based on what you do, and then they give you nicknames based on what you don't do. So I can promise you that Speedy is not because of his speed on the excavator. I've never seen a human being move as deliberately or slowly as Speedy. It's like the sloth 
It's like the sloth in that movie. I mean, he, he just would position that and then knock a tree down and then he'd come over here and move something around. And, uh, the builder said that he's worked with him on many jobs. He's a tremendous excavator, but uh, Speedy is because of the opposite of his nature. But we had so much fun watching that, and the kids were so excited. And every day you come in and see something else. So if you want to, uh, you're welcome to go up there and take some pictures, take a good look and see. And then next week they'll get rolling again. And then last thing I'll say is next Sunday is our Christmas offering, and that's going to missions this year because someone uh, wrote the check for our building program, and they covered uh, our gold number. They said, I'll meet the goal for the building program of $75,000. Uh, if you'll take an offering and put it toward uh, missions and iOS, of course, we're trying to uh, have that home for Christmas program. We're trying to build uh, the permanent home there and then also the big roof project and uh, all of that going on. So next Sunday, uh, let's be sacrificial, be uh, Christmas uh, in our Christmas giving, our Christmas offering. And then, of course, if you haven't, turned in your Jabez commitment yet. Make sure you turn that in. Uh, we mailed out, uh, either they you got them now or you'll get them Monday, Tuesday. We mailed out to many of you watching. You didn't get a commitment card because you're not coming to the live services, but we sent out commitment cards. Please send those back in uh, so that we can turn that in and have an accounting of our Jabez giving. Now I want you to begin reading Luke chapter number one. Uh, this, by the way, this message is supposed to come right after the kids program outstanding in their field. And so I took some time out of our discipleship series uh, because uh, of the program. And so I didn't want to change the message. I'm going to uh, continue the theme again next week. We'll preach again another Christmas message if the program continues on as we hope. But uh, the next couple of weeks, probably we'll look at these uh, this season and uh, just a couple of things the Lord did specifically uh, for me this week. Now, verse number 12, Luke chapter 1, verse number 12. The Bible says, and when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, what's the next two words? Fear not. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias. For thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Now, I want you to go down to verse number 29. Luke chapter 1, look at verse number 29. And when she saw him, now this is Mary, this is at the annunciation of the birth of Christ. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, what's the next words? Fear not. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor uh, with God. Now go to chapter 2, and beginning in verse number 1, uh, verse number 8, excuse me. Verse number 8, chapter 2. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, what's the next words? Fear not. You got a theme yet? You got a theme yet? For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, the Bible tells us three times in the uh, gospel account of the birth of Christ, the Annunciation, the birth of Christ, that the Lord Jesus or an angel had to tell the people involved in the Christmas story, whether it was Zacharias, the father of John, or whether it was the shepherds there in the field uh, outside of Bethlehem, or even Mary herself, uh, don't, don't fear. Fear not. 
In fact, the Bible tells us, if you'll study that little phrase, fear not, the Bible tells us that we don't have to fear because the Lord has already provided uh, the overcoming power, whatever it is that makes you afraid. The Lord has already overcame that. And so we don't have to fear. But instead of Christmas cheer this year, that's a lot of rhyming right there, right? Instead of Christmas cheer this year, I'm telling you, I am hearing a lot more Christmas fear than cheer. People are afraid. This season, uh, the COVID Christmas of 2020, uh, whatever meme you want to look at, whatever view you take on all this, uh, there is no question uh, that Christmas, uh, the holidays, our lives, our ministry, our families, uh, our income, our livelihoods, our sanity, uh, everything is being affected uh, by all the things going on around us, uh, not just with the virus, but with the election and with the uncertainty. And more people are experiencing, in my opinion, Christmas fear than Christmas cheer. Now, I, I, I can only speak for me. I only pastor this church. But I get several calls a week, several calls a week from people in our church, not outside our church, inside our church saying, Pastor, I'm afraid. Pastor, I'm worried. I'm nervous. And instead of enjoying the birth of Christ and enjoying the season of family, we're scared to death to, to get together and we're scared to death to see one another because, my goodness, we could give each other the virus or we could be in quarantine or, or whatever. The, 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 the list is on and on. And it seems like, it seems like to me that the spirit of fear, uh, the spirit of Christmas fear is really overwhelming the Christmas cheer. I was thinking about that all week. I read a post this week by, man, I don't know him, but I follow him. He's a, he's a good writer. He kind of addressed some of this. And I got to thinking how true some of these statements are. What is the source of fear? Can anybody tell me a Bible reference that would tell us where the source of fear comes from? The, the Bible says, for the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear. So if the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, where does the spirit of fear come from? Comes from Satan, comes from our flesh, comes from us. And so when we start talking about reasons why we're afraid, it's not the Lord saying, I want you to be fearful. In fact, three times he says, fear not, fear not, fear not. Don't be anxious. Be careful for nothing, the Bible says. Don't worry about anything. Uh, one Bible writer said this, don't worry, be happy. Okay, you didn't get that. That was terrible. <laughs> shoom. That, that is, you see that? It was shoom. You'll get that tomorrow. You'll be like, oh, that was a song a few years ago. No, no, no. No, the Bible says don't fear. Fear not. Remember a few years ago, uh, there was bumper stickers and window, window clings that said, ain't scared. Ain't scared. That was a southern thing. Ain't, ain't afraid of nothing. Well, it's interesting. You don't see as many of those anymore. See, a lot of fear. Why do people fear? Why do Christians fear? I'll say this, and I'm going to hasten to get into the text and get in, or get into the message and the text this morning. Uh, think this thought through with me. If Christians are experiencing fear, what is in the heart and mind of a lost person? If Christians are this worried and uptight and nervous, could you imagine going through all of this not knowing Christ as your Savior? 
not having a biblical foundation to, to base his own. These little Adrianisms I've given you over the last few weeks. Hey, listen, things aren't falling apart. They're falling in place. Uh, what's this world coming to? It's coming to Jesus. Where do we get that? From our knowledge of the Word of God. These things must happen, the Bible said. Nothing that's happening it should surprise the believer. Uh, there must be chaos before the Antichrist comes because the Antichrist is the fixer of chaos. And so we understand that the world must wax worse and worse. Things must come apart before they come together. And so the child of God takes comfort in these things. Hey, the, the Bible prophesied that this would happen and that would happen. And, and really, you can say a lot of things, but now Jerusalem, it, it, under this administration, Jerusalem is now the capital of Israel, the, the recognized uh, place that, that, that business should take place. That is just another of a lot of different Bible prophecies falling into place. That's happened just in the last couple of years. Let me give you four I believe it's four. Let me double check. Four, yes. Four thoughts on this Christmas fear. Number one, fear comes from not being ready for the future. Fear comes from not being ready for the future. The Bible says this, uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. All of you know this verse, whether you understand the reference or not, or can recollect the reference or not. Everybody understands this verse. You hear it quoted all the time. The Bible says, uh, and it is appointed unto men once to die. Everybody understand that? And then the part that we leave off is that last part because uh, we understand there is appointment uh, to death. Uh, nobody escapes death. Nobody uh, gets out. I know that you think you can uh, cryogenically freeze yourself. Or I saw this week uh, that one uh, uh, therapist, uh, Deepak, what's his name? Deepak. Uh, yes, I can't say that name. Sorry. Uh, but he has he has created an AI that will live after him that has taken all of his books and so you can sit down and talk with him after he's dead and he will counsel you based on all of his books and he said the AI is smarter than me because it will take everything I've ever written and when you ask a question the formula, the, uh, the uh, algorithm will give you the answer listen, I, I can say that's neat and that's kind of cool if you're a, a science fiction guy you kind of uh, been looking forward to that but, but I promise you this, AI may live, but sir, you will die. And here's the phrase we forget. Point out a man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. Now, what comes next? I, I've gotten into, and, and, and I was talking to your mom about this, Stacy, uh, you and your mom the other night. Uh, my wife loves British television. And so uh, we have gotten to where we, we watch, I don't know what's happening to us, but we watch a lot of the, the British television and we watch uh, a couple of shows about detectives in, in Britain and different things. And uh, the overwhelming thought of, of a couple of these shows is completely atheistic or agnostic in their thinking. Complete, uh, it's based, the one that we watch the most is based in Oxford, England, which is, of course, the uh, school of the, the highest learning perhaps in the world, Oxford, Cambridge, that type of person. That's where they asked me to come, but I said, no, I'm not. Atheistic, agnostic. Here's the problem when you say there is no God. I don't believe in God. And yet the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that they are without excuse. Because the Bible declares that in man's conscience and because of creation, there is someone, the God of heaven, who is saying there's more than just annihilation. 
There's more than just death. And, and so you can live as an agnostic. You can live as an atheist. But there's something inside of you that still asks the question, what comes next? And what we find when people live in fear is they're worried about tomorrow. You know that if we were not biblically grounded, we would say this, I can't go outside. There's a lion in the streets. Now, if you study the context of that proverb, there's not a lion in the street, but you know there, there could be a lion in the street. So, preacher, how would that happen? Well, here's what would have to happen. Uh, Lowry Park Zoo, North Tampa. There'd have to be uh, a cage that was left open or, or broken. That lion would have to uh, come across the Howard Franklin, come through downtown Tampa, come across the Howard Franklin, uh, come down Brian Derry or Almonton, find 78th Avenue, find 6565, and stand out there. Now, that could happen. So if you get eaten by a lion today, don't say I didn't warn you. But is the probability of a lion in the street going to happen? I don't think so. Now, if you're in Africa, this is a different scenario. But if we live in fear, we'll never get out of bed. We'll never get dressed and go to work because we don't know what tomorrow holds. Dear friend, I'm not trying to discourage you this morning, but I want to be honest with you. As bad as 2020 may have been for some, and it's been a blessing to others, I gained a daughter-in-law this year. David says he gained a son-in-law, so it was a terrible year all the way around. But uh, I'm blessed. We, we we're blessed. The building for all the things God's done. But, but listen, dear friend, we don't have any idea what tomorrow holds. My mother is going through terrible tests right now. My father is in terrible shape right now. I don't know what the future holds for my mom and dad. I don't know what the future holds for you. I don't know what the future holds for me. I know this, that if I worry about tomorrow, let me say this to you. Let me encourage you. If you live in fear of the future, you'll be shackled every day of your life. I don't know the old song, oh, bless the name, of George Yance and Glenn Payne and the Cathedral Quartet when they sang the old song that said, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know who holds tomorrow. And I don't live in fear. What we found is we can't do this and we can't do that and we can't go here because of the great what ifs. Dear friend, the great what ifs are going to happen whether you do or don't. There's no God. It's interesting. In one of the shows, and I know this is a television show, it's not a real story, I understand that. But in one of the shows, a young lady was, was an avowed atheist. Oh, avowed atheist. And, and she began to die, and, and as she was giving her breath, she said, pray with me. Pray with me. Now, I know that's a show, I understand that, not real. But I do understand this. When people come to the moment of death, that is not the time to think, I wonder if there really is a God or not. That's why so many people, that's why the world is in panic. That's why so many of your friends and family members are in panic. It's because they're afraid. God didn't give you that spirit of fear. Brother Stansel, are you fearful in pastoring in a pandemic? You do not hear some of the stories that I hear from my preacher friends. I'm very thankful. Now listen, you can say anything you want to, but I'm very thankful that we live in Florida. I'm very thankful. Uh, even some of our friends in some other states that you think 
would be a little safer. They are going through terrible times. And people in the church are on Facebook and writing letters and all kind of criticism of this and criticism of that. Listen, dear friend, I don't know how to pastor in a pandemic. By the way, you don't know how to pastor in a pandemic. By the way, nobody knows how to pastor in a pandemic. But what you do is you say, God, by your grace, we'll do the best we can and I'll not live shackled to fear. Now, people live because of the fear of the future. Uh, we see a lot of this when our young adults, they don't want to grow up. They don't want to leave the house. They, they, they're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Uh, adulting scares me. Man, it's hard to grow up. Adulting stinks. I'd much rather be a teenager playing basketball, except for the fact I'm married and having a wonderful life. But uh, people, people are afraid of the future. You cannot control the future. What you can do is trust God to control the future. Number one, uh, where does fear come from? It, it comes from people not being ready for the future, and that's because uh, they have fear. They, they don't know God. They have no relationship with Christ. The Bible says this. I want you to mark these verses. Two passages I want you to mark. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. All things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself. That word reconciled, to being bracked together, reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. We've been reconciled to God, and now our ministry is to reconcile others to God. To wit, the reason of, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses on them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. And so God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I cannot tell you how important it is to know that you know God. Reconciled to God. Reconciled to Christ. You say, preacher, what does that mean? It means this, 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You know what happens when you have a right relationship with God? You are made right with God. You have peace with God. You know what happens when you have peace with God? You have the peace of God. You say, preacher, what if you die tomorrow? The suffering of today leads to the glory of heaven tomorrow. Man, my, my, my weeping here. The moment I draw my last breath, I'm staring at the face of Christ. Oh, Brother Sammy has said, what are you scaring me with, heaven? Now, I'm not looking to go today. I'm trying to be healthy. I'm trying to be smart about all this. But, dear friend, one of these days, uh, whether at 52 or at 92, I'm going to step out and I'm going to go somewhere forever. And I know that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm reconciled to God because of the righteousness of Christ. Not anything that I have done, but according to his mercy has he saved me. And my righteousness is nothing that I have tried to to maintain or earn in self-righteousness. But I have accepted the righteousness of Christ in God. And I am now perfect, not because of me, but because of him. Look at this verse. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Who's that? The child of God. But of power and of love and a sound mind. Do you know this? The believer can access and have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. 
So when we go through life and we go through the trials and, and turmoils and difficulties and all that life has, we go through knowing in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able, not me, but he is able. Who's able in your life? If you're able, you're in trouble. But if he's able, people are fearful because they don't have a relationship with Christ. I don't believe in Christ. You know, I've thought about that often. If we're wrong, what have we lost? If we're wrong, what have we lost? I'll be honest with you. I love the song that Squire sings, If I'm dreaming, let me dream on. If this isn't real, what have I lost? I have a beautiful wife. I have wonderful children. I have tremendous friends and associates. The Lord's given me above and beyond what I could ask or think. We, we've lived, now, now listen to this statement, we've lived a good moral life in the eyes of others. That's the best the lost man can hope for is to be a good moral person. Our neighbors think well of us, except for my son playing basketball too late at night. That's an issue, but other than that, we're good. Our neighbors think well of us. Our reputation is good. When I die, somebody will say, well, that was a good man, prayerful. I'm not, I'm not murdering or robbing or stealing. I, I'm not violating. I, I, I've got everything the world would hope to have, but above and beyond that, I have the confident expectation of heaven. If we're wrong, we've lost nothing. If they're wrong, they've lost everything. We have the best of both worlds. And God said, I've come to give you life. That's the life of eternal life. But he said, I've also come to give you abundant life. That's the life of blessing on this earth. Dear friend, you can have heaven and this, but you can't have this in heaven without Christ. Fear comes from not having a relationship with Christ. Fear comes from not being ready for the future. But child of God, listen to me. And here's the main meat or point of the message this morning. Fear comes from not resting in Christ. Now, now, most of us this morning, I don't know all your testimonies, and I certainly don't know all that will be watching, but many of us would say, Preacher, I know in whom I have believed. I, I know my relationship with Christ by faith, salvation by grace through faith, not of myself, not of works, not it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. But here's what happens. We don't rest. We don't trust Him. We trust Him for our eternal life, but, oh, boy, this temporal life seems to be a trouble, a, a problem for some of us. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, Therefore I say unto you, uh, take no thought for your, what's the next word, life. Take no thought for your life. That doesn't mean live recklessly. It just means don't worry. Don't worry about your day-to-day things. Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat, what you eat? The body more than raiment, what you wear. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, because of that, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow uh, is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall, be, uh, what shall uh, we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? 
For after all these things do the Gentiles or the lost seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the thing of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Here's the bottom line. You can worry and worry and worry, or you can rest and rest and rest. Fix it. Some of you tried that, haven't you? You've got a lifetime of problems, and you've got a lifetime of schemes and plans and gimmicks, and tricks, and I'm going to fix it. By the way, you broke it. I don't see how you're going to fix it. And you're going to give yourself peace, and you've tried a million different ways and have no peace. And you're going to make money, and you've tried a million different ways, and you have no money. And you're going to get yourself health, and you've tried a million ways. I mean, over and over and over. Here's what you do. You learn to rest. Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to seek you first. I'm going to put you first. If, if you have this for me, I will praise you. If you have this for me, I'll praise you. If if you take me down this trail, I'll praise you. If you take me down that trail, I'll praise you. I'll trust you. Let me ask you a question. When did God ever do you wrong? When did did God ever do you wrong? When did God ever disappoint you? I've disappointed him. I've disappointed you. You've disappointed me. We've disappointed God. But God's never disappointed us. I can trust him. I learned a long time ago, even when I cannot trace what God is doing, I can trust what God is doing. In, in, this, in this virus, in this, in this shutdown, all these things, we look back now and we say, man, if we, could, if we could go back 10 months ago and say, hey, we'll save this much money on the building and we'll have this much money in the bank, man, we would gladly have put off 10 months of the program to, to make all of this, but we weren't planning to do that. We, we didn't have the understanding of that. And yet God said, you just trust me. I could take you through time after time and story after story. When my wife and I left Tennessee, we didn't want to leave Tennessee. When we left Tennessee to go to Michigan, we had no idea what God was doing. Why in the world would we go to Pontiac, Michigan? Why would we go to a church on the downgrade? Why would we go to a school that was dying and on life support? None of those things made human sense. And yet in God's divine providence... Every bit of that was the perfect will of God for my wife and I. Now, that's not the will of God for you, and that wasn't the will of God for your family, but that was the will of God for my wife and I, and God used that. Why? Because God orders the steps of his children, and he knows what's best for you. The preacher, what if I get the report? You get the report. We began to find out people were ill uh, on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'm like, oh, oh, what are we going to do? Somewhere in that, I said, Lord, what am I going to do? He said, there's not much you can do, is there? Stop. Don't get sick. Please. Paul called. I'm sorry, preacher. Why are you sorry? I tested positive. Wicked, Paul. Wicked. Paul hates our church. Paul hates Christmas. Paul hates babies. Paul hates children. Paul hates old people. Paul, why are you apologizing? You got sick? You didn't go out and say, let me lick a Chinese doorknob. I mean, you you got sick. It it happened. Nothing. Look, the Lord did something in my heart along these last few days. Navigate the waters. I can't control the waters. I could just navigate the waters. All right, Lord, you're blowing this way. I don't understand it. 
but I'll let the wind blow. Rest. You're not going to figure all this out. If you're trying to figure all this out, this is the wrong year to try to figure everything out. If you're trying to live on your 2020 vision, you, you need to just stop. But Lord, I'm just going to trust you. You know that God does things above what we can ask or think in the weirdest, most unusual ways possible because only then does he get all of the glory and we can say, this wasn't my thought or plan, but man, look what only God could do. I'm going to rest him. Lastly, let me, let me give this fourth truth and we'll be done. Uh, have you ever thought how really involved your Heavenly Father is in your day-to-day life? If we're resting in Him, we're recognizing, we're, realize, we're realizing how involved He is in our day-to-day life. That's number four on the screen. Is it on there? There we go. He established your days before you were born. You know that? Your life is playing out exactly as God said it would. Psalm 139, the Bible says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me from my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect in all thy book, all my members were written, which which in contention were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. You know that God's known you from long before you were formed in your mother's womb. God is completely involved in your life. You say, well, my life's a mess. Sometimes consequences of decisions. But even in our failures, do you know that God was ahead of us in that? God considered you and what you would do when he established your days. Number two, uh, he, he's so involved in your life, he numbers the hair of your head. Now, now, that's a silly thing for some because we're like, oh, who cares about the number of hair on our head? Uh, John Allen cares, by the way, just so you know. Uh, but uh, Bill Martin cares. Uh, some others care. But uh, that just tells me this. God is so involved in the minutest of details. He doesn't know your beard. Other than that, everything else is good, okay? That big a beard, God would say, ah, let it go. But listen, watch me. You ever heard somebody say this? Man, I prayed for some silly... Anybody ever prayed for silly things? My wife, when she was pregnant, she'd say... This was back before they had those uh, barbecue spots where you can park. Now, have y'all seen those barbecue grills where you... Well, it was actually a lady pregnant where you can park at some stores if you're pregnant. Uh, I've been parking there for years. But uh, when my wife was pregnant with the kids, and probably had uh, big babies, you know, and she'd say, Lord, could you give me a spot near the front? He said, I would not bother God with such a simple request. You know, the Lord delights in his children, even in the minute, small details of life. So, well, God didn't answer that. Don't tell my wife. She rejoiced a bunch of times over spaces that miraculously came available. He said, well, God don't care about your dog. People pray requests for dogs and cats. Now, listen, cats, no. God does not care about cats whatsoever. There's a reason that cats are identified with the other place, okay? But Disney and the Bible say all dogs go to heaven. Listen, I, I, I would not ever not ask God, even if you seem, think it seems trivial and small, because he's involved in the minutest, smallest matters of your life. Do you know that God is weaving together and working together all things? Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Now listen, you got some conditions here. 
You've got to love God, and you've got to have uh, those who are called according to his purpose. can't live out of the will of God and expect the blessing of God. But when you're seeking God and loving God and serving God as best you know how, you know that God is weaving a perfect masterpiece of your life. This is the life verse. Many of you know the story. This is the life verse of Dr. Robertson, Lee Robertson, the great pastor of Highland Park Baptist Church, the founder of Tennessee Temple Universities and Schools. And this life verse was given him at the death, at the death of his baby daughter, Joy. He said, preacher, that's awful. From that, Dr. Robertson claimed Romans 8.28 and encouraged his church and led his church into the establishing of Camp Joy, which for over 50-something years has won boys and girls to Christ and done tremendous work. You say, out of the ashes of pain came this wonderful blessing. Why? Because even in the negatives of our life, God is weaving a masterpiece. But my decisions, you know, sometimes your greatest Faults and failures are things God can use to help others in the future. Don't waste your suffering. Don't waste your sacrifice. And then lastly, uh, he will welcome you into his presence. You say, well, what does that mean? It means for me to live Christ. It dies again. Paul always lived with this internal struggle. I got to stay here and work. You need me to come work. But I don't want to be here and work. I want to go to heaven. I want to see the Lord. He said, Preacher, we've had people we love die in these last few months. Yeah, and they're not sad one bit. My uncle, my wife's uncle, John, he wouldn't come back for all the requests you could make because he's in the presence of the Lord. Now, we hurt and we mourn. I understand that. But listen, the moment we step out of this life, we have the promise that when we say goodbye on this side, we say hello on yonder side. And that comforts me. That comforts me to be absent from this body, to be present with our Lord. Let not your heart be troubled, John said. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house. Say, preacher, I don't believe that. You don't believe the Bible then. Because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. If you can't believe heaven, you can't believe anything else about the Bible. Because God's promised us a place. For who? For everybody? No, for those that have put their trust in him. And so I'm taking great comfort. You say, preacher, Christmas is going to be different this year. Yeah. We don't have the Christmas cheer. We have Christmas fear. You may live in fear, but I'm still going to remember that Jesus is still the reason and Jesus is still on the throne. And not one thing has happened that he's going, oh, I didn't see that coming. He's not in heaven saying, Michael, Gabriel, uh, what are we going to do? He's saying all things are working together for good. He's looking at the Father, and the Father's looking at him. And I don't know how this works, and we'll get to heaven and find out. But the Father's looking at him, he's looking at the Father, and all he's waiting for is, Son, go get your children. The dead in Christ will rise first. We that are alive remain be called up together to meet them in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord? Listen, I don't know when, I don't know how, only the Father knows. But all we're waiting for is the nod or the wink or the go, whatever we're waiting for. And the Lord's coming back anyway. One way or the other, we stand before God by the undertaker or the uppertaker. I'm willing to go either way. I'm ready to go either way. But I don't want to wait here doing nothing. I want to be faithful until he comes. So I'll choose not to live in Christmas fear. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Zechariah, what are you going to do? I can live in fear or I can proclaim that God has told me of a son to come to repair the way. Uh, shepherds, what are you going to do? We can run away or we can run and tell everybody what we've just seen. Mary, what are you going to do? I'm going to ponder all this in my heart and recognize and realize that God has chosen me, has highly favored me. 
to bring into existence the living Son of God, born of the virgin's womb that we sing about at Christmas time. Don't live in fear. Be wise. Be smart. Make good choices for you and your family, but don't be shackled with fear. I told the church Wednesday night, we're done. Grace, if you'd make your way, Clint. I told the church Wednesday night, we will not have an altar call. We will not have any movement. We're going to dismiss you and ask you to leave quickly, please. We're trying to be wise today as much as we can. But I told the church Wednesday night, and I believe this with all my heart, that this, above all other Christmas season, is an unusually good season for the believer for two reasons. One is Christmas time, and people are thinking about these songs, and, and the words of these songs are playing out in their mind, and, and maybe they're wondering what it means, the virgin. Maybe they're wondering what it means uh, that, that he's come to give us second birth. Maybe they're wondering what some of this means. They sing the song, but they don't understand the message, and you can come along and say, oh, this is a doctrinal supposition of who Christ actually is. But number two, Christmas season, number one reason. Number two, there's a spirit of fear. COVID has given people a spirit. People that haven't thought about death in their life are thinking about, I don't want to catch this virus. I don't want to catch this. By the way, along with COVID, we've seen heart attacks, Alzheimer's, dementia, strokes. 17-year-old boy in Texas stepped into attorney last week. My nephew's girlfriend's brother stepped into attorney last week. Car wreck. People are still dying from other reasons. But COVID, 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 and people have a spirit of fear. Do you know what answers a spirit of fear? The knowledge of Christ. You know who has the knowledge of Christ? You and I. Man, this is a great time. Our little gospel tracks that say, hey, good news. They're not getting good news from TV. They're not getting good news on the Internet. They're not getting good news from uh, their family and friends. But you can open up the Bible and say, I got good news. Jesus Christ is the answer. He's hope. He's the hope. He's the hope. We can share it with them. Christmas fear. COVID and Christmas season, a great time for the child of God to be active, sharing their faith. Let's stand together. Father, we pray that you'd bless this service. And uh, Lord Jesus, we pray as we just have a moment of prayer that, Lord God, that you would do a great work, even in this unusual season. But you would send us out. We can't come together. So you have to send us out and give us opportunities to share Christ with others. We pray that you'd bless this time. May we think, meditate on this message of fear or faith. That you've not given us that spirit of fear. That's a satanic influence. But Lord, we can have Christmas faith and we can have great comfort knowing that you are the God of heaven who rules and reigns in the hearts and lives of men. If you're here this morning, if you're watching by way of internet, and you don't know Christ as your Savior, why don't you accept Him, trust Him, rely upon Him, depend upon Him, receive Him. The Bible says, but as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. To believe means to rely, trust, depend upon. If you have questions or concerns, call the church office this week, pull somebody aside and talk to us. We'd love to help you, but if that spirit of fear of overwhelming you, let me encourage you, get in your Bible, get off of the news, get off of the Internet, get off of media, get into the Word of God and be encouraged, be strengthened. Father, bless now this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Uh, you just, re- just real quick, you may be seated. I'm going to ask Brother Clint to come make the school announcement, and then I'll come and again make the church announcement. The offering this morning is going to be a little different. There is an offering box in the back. Uh, if you have your offering, your tithes, your offering, uh, if you have a Jabez offering or you have a missions offering, just drop that in the offering box in the back. Or uh, go online, the church website, the church app. Uh, you can give to all, you can give in all those <coughs> different uh manners and uh, be faithful in that. Next week, of course, the iOS Christmas offering, uh, we can give online for that as well, or you can send it in, uh, text, write, call, what have you. So we're going to do that differently. Uh, Brother Pratt and Brother Joe will show you where that is. If you have any questions, I'm going to ask Brother Clint to come and give us uh, a couple of different things. We have uh, the school announcement, and then we have a sports announcement. He'll give that, and then I'll give the last announcements, and we'll be dismissed this morning. I've got a couple announcements concerning uh, Community Christian Academy. The first one is that school is out, and the students could not be more happy. They were literally saved by the bell because this week was midterms and uh, all of that. So uh, what we're doing in regards to that is we're just simply bumping everything back to the week that we return uh, in January, uh, January 5th, and we're just going to pick up where we left off. We don't have to add any days or anything like that. There were a few other days that were built into the calendar just after Easter, So we'll take advantage of those, and we don't have to do anything uh, in regards to that. Uh, The second announcement is for our basketball teams. Uh, Our JV and varsity basketball teams have been planning a trip this this coming weekend up to Georgia to play basketball. We are still going to try to do that. There's a lot of moving parts involved in that. Um, But uh, we've sent out a letter to them. Uh, But just so you know, it involves uh, they have to have a rapid test done two times this week, and everybody that's going – Uh, Both players and chaperones have to test negative. So when we go up there, we can be sure that we're not taking any illnesses with us. Um, I was asked also to give one announcement concerning bus stop. There will be no bus stop meeting after the AM service, uh, those of you that are involved in that ministry. And then one last announcement concerning Community Christian Academy, January, all the way next year, right? January 22nd will be our school play this year. We are putting on our rendition of The Hiding Place. Uh, you might have read that book by Corey Tenboom, and uh, every one of our 7th through 12th graders is participating in some way in that play. That's a Friday evening, January 22nd, and uh, we wanted to start alerting you to the fact of that coming up. We want to invite you all to come and be a part of that evening. Our high schoolers will be selling tickets to that, and that's something that they do as a fundraiser uh, for a trip that we take towards the end of the year. So they'll probably be contacting you. A high school student might be coming to you, and and uh, selling you a ticket for that event. So that's January 22nd. Uh, it's the hiding place. It's, it's uh, 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 Stacey Earle's been working with us and Sarah Courtright, and it's so far it's coming together. It's going to be awesome. It's emotional. It's dramatic. Got to come be a part of that event. Read the, how many of you read The Hiding Place? You read that. Oh, my word, what a book. I remember as just a boy uh, reading that and just being so, so moved by that. Uh, if you've heard of Anne Frank, uh, she's another one that, that kind of hidden, uh, but, but uh, Corey Ten Boom, uh, her faith, her testimony, her, her ministry after the war, tremendous. I'm excited about that, and that'll be fun, and we'll be looking forward to that. Now, let me make these announcements. Linda Holtzclaw was scheduled for surgery in the morning, and some of you signed up for the meal train, so if you're watching online, make sure we take a note of this. Uh, you were scheduled for the meal train for her and John and John's sister, uh, or her sister, excuse me. Uh, that surgery is being postponed one week. They've, they've decided to postpone that one week. So if you're signed up for that meal train uh, just seven days from now, it'll just be John and Linda. The sister will be going back. So please 
if you take note of that, if you signed up. And then also now, uh, no broken pots, no women of Ruth, uh, no uh, senior Christmas at Harold Seltzer's, no pastor's uh, open house, no uh, bus stop, and no master club this week. And uh, next Sunday, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, we're going to plan to move forward again and see uh, how we're doing there. And uh, if we can, we'll have the program. If not, we'll push it off another week or so. But uh, we just want everybody to be good. Again, tonight, uh, we're not going to close the doors, but we will take thermometer checks coming in. And uh, you're welcome to social distance. We'll be online 6 o'clock. One song, right to preaching tonight. And then the same on Wednesday night. And uh, this is just the best time of year for this to happen. A lot of folks are already uh, shutting down because of the school year, so we praise the Lord. But if we're going to get it, we get it now and not earlier in the year. Uh, that would have been a little bit harder to work around. But the holiday season is already a time when we disconnect a little bit anyway. So this is actually the best time of year for us to get it and uh, pass it through and to get over it and move forward. So we can wait for 21 or whatever the disease of the next year is going to be. All right. So we're looking for that. Let's stand. I'm going to encourage you. Uh, drop your offering in. Exit the doors. Pick up your children. Really would ask you not to hang out this morning. God bless you. I love you. Miss Grace, give us some traveling music, please. Thank you.